I am the chief caretaker. And I am... No need to tell me I know who you are. We have been waiting for this momentous visit for so many years. You were the man who brought Paradise Towers to life. The visionary who dreamed up its pools and lifts and squares. And now you have returned to your creation. You will make all those dilapidated lifts rise and fall as they've never done before. All signs of wall scrawl will disappear from the corridors of Paradise Towers. The floors will gleam, the windows will shine, and all will be made as new. Fellow caretakers, you know who this is. This is the great architect returned to Paradise Towers. Bid him welcome. All hail the great architect. All hail. All hail, hail the great, great architect. architect. What should we do with him now then, Chief? Kill him. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. This is uh, a podcast that we do talking about Doctor Who, both classic and new, good and bad. Wait, this isn't the Red Dwarf podcast? No. <laughs> so, um, I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. And we're talking about an episode from 1987 written by Steve Wyatt called Paradise Towers. So, yeah, Paradise Towers, um, the Doctor and Mel, who I'm, uh, is a companion that I've never seen before, uh, go to a, an apartment complex in the 21st century that's supposed to be beautiful. It has a pool. It's, it has a pool on the roof. <laughs> we, um, only to find that it's ruined and taken over by roving gangs of girls called Kangs. And there are caretakers who kind of look like cops who keep disappearing and um, old ladies who apparently are cannibals and eat people. The lesbian cannibals, yes. The lesbian cannibals, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that that's basically what's going on yeah. here. The okay. Kangs are uh, different colors. So they're like gang members. They're like the red Kangs, the blue Kangs, and the yellow Kangs. Yeah. They have a lot of big hair. All girls. So, um, the first, I hated it. Well, the first word on my note on my notes is horrible, but there's elements to this that I think are horrible. Um, I like the concept a lot. How I don't know if this is Earth or some society where a, there, some of that doesn't make sense. But a bunch of people went off to fight a war and they never came back. So. These people were left behind. I don't know how long these people have been in this tower, because there's some decay in the tower. There's some, you know, the, the tower's falling apart and everything, but there's elements of it, parts of it that look okay. And it's like, how old were the kings? Or are the kings, were they little kids? How come there's no little boys? Right, well, uh, from... The movie bit that he was wa that the doctor was watching at one point when he was being held by the the caretakers for one of the umpteen times that it, he got caught <laughs> said that the architect had designed this to people got sent there mm. so the old people and the children got sent there because everybody of fighting age went off to fight wars but yeah. why were there no boy children yeah. sent there? Because they were sent off to fight the war. All of them, even the little tiny three ones. Years old, three year olds. Well, if there's no males to reproduce with the females, then there wouldn't be any kids. Where are the boy kids who were babies when they got there? The great architect ate them. Jeff has an answer for everything. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest today is Stephen Wyatt, who wrote the story. He's with us right now, and he just told us the answer. 
you never find out why there are no boys, and the girls don't even know what boys are. So yeah, and there are no male residents either. Well, there's pets. Well, there's no old ma male. Old either. men residents. Because the lesbian residents ate them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or, so, I think this could have been a lot more parts. We could have probably filled all yeah. I think there's some, some discrepancies and some plot things. There's definitely some If you have a really good imagination like Jeff, you can make up why. Right. I mean, I, I, I didn't get lesbians from the residents, but... Well, that kind of sucks. Yeah, you don't hear that too often when it's like 30 <laughs> degrees outside. Wow. Um, Not as loud as the one that woke me up in New Orleans, though. <laughs> that thing was loud. It shook the whole hotel, the class. Well, now my daughter's freaking out. Yeah, I can well. well I, kinda, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that either, because usually the phone says, hey. Thunder in your area. Um, well, I think what was cool was when the garbage disposal <laughs> grabbed the old ladies and sucked them down through the garbage disposal. I was like, damn. I like the concept a lot. I like the concept of a tower basically coming to life and, and, it, and its technology sort of turning on the people. Uh, it reminded me of, of like a, like a, that science fiction story I thought was really good. And the whole idea of decaying towers and stuff like that. It, and 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 it's very much like a a other science fiction books and stuff like that that have come out that are about dystopian. It's yeah. a future and there's a decay of society and stuff and mm -hmm. how the society we would evolve to this point. Um, there's a lot of things that that kind of contradict that that those parts that I really liked. <laughs> I mean, it was so so silly that I almost loved it yeah it was just ridiculous you know and and I, like I said I don't know who Mel is I don't know where she came from <sighs> peace pottage what peace don't, pottage don't worry about it <laughs> yeah, it comes up in another story she was another one who didn't scream a lot so I you know no 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 she she does scream a lot she didn't scream she screamed uh, in this one quite a bit. In the pool scene, was screaming like, like a banshee. About that pool scene, I read in Andrew Cartmel's book that that water was stone cold. And if you can, you notice when she comes out and <laughs> Pex is doing the line to her. I was trying to notice. So I didn't see she was like thing. shivering oh, during really? the, the scene where she's out of the pool and she looked at it and he says, and he goes, well, I told you not to go in there. And you see her that whole time, that scene where she's out of the pool, she's like, Shivering because the, pool, the was pool, pool like was, <laughs> the pool was. Yeah, the pool was freezing cold, and John Nathan Turner said, "Get in there." Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, "I was like," so the whole time she was in that pool, it was like freezing cold. And I was just like, "Oh, that sucks." I did like the the, the Kang girls had their own sort of language mm -hmm. yep. that they used. It was a little bit Clockwork Orange-ish. Um, Ice hot, doctor. <laughs> Ice hot. Ice hot. <laughs> Um, it reminded me of um, Make him Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome when he found all those children and they had this like, you know, you know, Mr. Death and they had their own like language that was mutated from regular language. Mm -hmm. This is the same thing here. They sort of had that slang, Kings had slang that sort of 
It just added to it. I thought there was a lot of intelligence to the story. The problem is they didn't, it didn't really come off that well. They didn't really, you know, the story didn't really, they didn't execute the story all that well. Well, yeah. I think they did, except there was a lot of things that they, there was some miscasting and, I don't know, maybe a little bit of over-the-top acting. <laughs> All the bit. caretakers were over-the-top. There was one scene where Richard Breers is like talking, Richard and you Breers. see, yeah, and you see the extras behind him going, "Yeah, let's kill him!" And like, it was, I was like, well, "No, you're supposed to just stand and not be nodding your head, saying, yeah, let's do it.'" I'm like, Richard Breers was god awful on this. Was he the head caretaker? Well, it was funny. So, was yeah. when before he had the little like Hitler's type mustache. Uh -huh. But when he got killed and turned into the great caretaker, his mustache became full-blown <laughs> stash. I'm like, wait a minute. He went from Hitler to well, porn star. silver, too. Yeah, and then he went from Hitler's stash to porn star stash. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell's that? Stalin stash. Yeah, I was like, whoa. I, I thought the, the um, what are those machines called? The, the cleaners. cleaners. I thought the cleaners were... Your typical docu clunky vehicle that just kind of they weren't threatening the thing comes out you know you're like really you well, can't outrun little, that thing they were a little too cutesy like cartoony you know slow and slow not very scary and they did like the when they go past and you see a leg or something yeah that yeah. is kind of funny <laughs> it did look like the war machine <clears throat> yeah so there's the war machine a little bit like a war machine it just kind of like not menacing. This was another one I read the Target book before, and Stephen yeah. Wyatt wrote it, and the book was a lot better yeah. than what actually appeared on the screen. Um, but that was like the best special effect. I, I think the um, the actual... Cro-Magan with the, the neon... The light. neon light eyes was just horrible. I don't understand that at all. It was bad. Yeah, I was, was like, oh my god, please don't show that. Um... And Pex, I mean, it's just, like, really, that's his name? Pex? <laughs> really? Yeah, I really uh, um, And then the woman who was the neighbor who came in as the second woman was getting eaten by the yeah. cleaner, um, she played... She wasn't keeping up appearances. She was. She was Hyacinth Bouquet's sister. Yeah, she played Daisy. Yeah. She looked exactly and acted exactly the same in that show. They've all been on on the show, with the exception of the uh, the one who played Rose and Hyacinth. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, the deputy chief caretaker was in Tomb of the Cybermen. Um, he was. Yeah, the deputy, not the chief caretaker, not Richard Breer. I'm trying to think who the deputy would have been. Uh, he's the second in command there. That was always kind of. Oh, the yeah. nervous, no, not the nervous guy. Well, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what he did to us. Clive Marison. Okay. Okay. I think I know. And then one of the Red Canes, Nisha Nair, played a female programmer in Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways, which I didn't know. I don't know female programmer. I don't, I don't even remember that in the Bad Wolf, one of the people on the computer or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Just kind of a throwing out there. And then Julie Brennan, who was Firescape in uh, Red, one of the Red Kings, she was at the time, I guess, at the time, married to Mark, married Strickson. To Mark Strickson, who played Turlow um, in Doctor Who. He was a companion from a few seasons earlier. So, uh, Richard Breers has been in the show a couple of times, I guess. 
He was, or no, he was in uh, Torchwood. He was in an episode of Torchwood. Yes, he was a lot better in that episode than was he, he was in this. Yeah, he, um, I guess um, John Nathan Turner, the producer and the uh, director, had told Richard Beers to not go over the top. Go over the top, and Richard Beers was, was like, no way, I'm going all the way over the top in this one. <laughs> And I think it, I think it hurts the episode to a degree, um, but at the time I remember liking this one a lot. I, I really thought the music was so synthy and and oh, I mean, very of the eighties, yeah. you know. But it was even like I mean, this was an eight, set was made in eighty seven, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, was the synthesizer still going strong in eighty seven? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think. I thought some of the music was good in this. There's still the Duran Duran there uh, and all that. So. Was it? Okay. Yeah. I for some reason thought that was earlier. but Oh, the synth was still going. Because that was the time when Eddie Van Halen decided to start messing around with it. Oh, okay. Even though I'm not a Van Halen fan, but I always remember seeing that magazine where he's... Yeah, I thought, you know, I, I thought there's some stuff there. I, I, I kind of didn't... You know, they, they were making fun of Pex, and I thought that went overboard, and then mm -hmm. they, they were accepting him at the end, and I, I thought it was kind of touching to see the stuff at the end with um, Pex sacrificing himself, and then they have a, you know, they, they now fondly remember him and stuff like that, and Mel's being sad about it. I, I thought they were too hard on him initially, especially when he was, you know, she was like really... Going up to him, is this true, Pex? You 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 didn't go to war and get killed? I, I mean, I felt it was too judgmental, and, and it's like, who are you to judge? I mean, you you make some stupid mistakes. Well, we're being attacked by creatures, but I'm gonna go swimming anyways. And it's just you know. But she didn't know they were being attacked by creatures. Oh, oh yeah, because the yeah. Rizzies, she almost got eaten by the. Yeah. <laughs> but she was so obsessed with this stupid pool. Well, I think it was someone. Saying, I gotta have this. This is the second companion in a row that had to be in a bathing suit, right? Or third companion. Perry was in a bathing suit. Yeah. Turlo technically was in a bathing suit. Yeah. And so, you know. Um, Ace? No. Didn't she go swimming, though? In Curse of Fender? She was wearing clothes. Yeah. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Anyways, um,. I thought there was a lot of good things about this. I, I thought it was, it reminded me a little bit like Douglas Adams. It has that biting humor, it has commentary, it has, you know, sort of that that development of evolution where people don't, you know, they don't know what a soda machine is, and so for, for the first time they're, they're checking out the soda and stuff like that, which is odd, because you think that they lived in that tower for so they long. They didn't figure out to drink the soda. Yeah, I mean, if they were kids, then... And they were they afraid know. of it, too, when he opened it up and made the... Yeah, so they're all like the hiding. time doesn't make sense. There seems to be a. In this, uh, were they all two years old when they started here? Maybe. I know. How did they all survive? Yeah. Th there's a lot of gaps in the story. Mm -hmm. but McCoy's doctor wasn't doing the ridiculous rhyming, in this one, like he had in previous. Well, this was actually the second one, but probably wasn't filmed second. I thought he was okay in this. I mean, I I have grown to not like Sylvester McCoy as much as I used to, I kind of liked his doctor when he was out but uh, over the years I've sort of he's not 
really aged well for me at all. Hmm. He's well, his first seasons. He's over the top a little bit with his rolling of the R's and the and the kind of silliness. And I know he toned it down. Uh, you know, he's had some good episodes. I, I think this one was okay. I mean, he does an improvisation where they're doing the king greeting mm -hmm. and he starts to do patty cake or whatever. I'm like, that's Sylvester McCoy doing it, not the doctor. It's, it's thinking he's funny or whatever. It's just kind of look awkward, but... Um, you like him better in the audios. Yeah, well, I've Probably. listened to some of them, I think, in the audio, but a long time ago. I don't, he's fine. I, I, I just... There's episodes where he's not that good. And this one's... And I'm not a big fan of Mel at all. Nope. I don't think he's, she's horrible in this one. Well, she wasn't worse. really supposed to be with him. Yeah. She was originally supposed to be only for the Sixth Doctor, and then they they got they fired Colin Baker. Or, well, yeah. Hey, he was, yeah, they, uh... He had been the Doctor for three years, but only two seasons, because there was a hiatus. What was it? Was it Michael Grade? Yeah. Michael Grade said, well, he was Doctor for three years, let's get a new guy. So they're blaming the doc, Colin Baker, for this, this, this series having poor readings when it was clearly on production and the writing mm -hmm. and John Nathan Turner's fault. So they decided to blame him, and they fired him, and they hired Sylvester McCoy. Huh. So some of these stories of Sylvester McCoy's first series was supposed was written for Colin oh. Baker. And Mel was supposed to be. That's why it, Mel and Sylvester McCoy never really worked because it wasn't the right. Well, they're, they're not even they're not even together at all in this episode. They're at the beginning and at the end. Yeah, you know. they're hardly together at all. And, and that's fine. I, I mean, you know, you know, they they each had, they saw different elements of the towers, and um, you know, I just like how I don't know how. I don't know, you know, looking back at it now, I don't know how these characters got to where they were. I don't know how you go from, an, uh, you know, these old women and, and the, now you're eating people and stuff. And, you know, it's just <laughs> kind of like... What? Who were... I, that still confuses me. Who were they eating? I mean, I know they were going... They were eating the Kangs. Mel. They were eating the Kangs. Yeah. Oh, okay. But why weren't they taking care of the Kangs when the Kangs were littler? Well, never know. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's got to be a prequel, maybe. Maybe uh, they're working <laughs> on that for the new season. So there's a lot of holes in the story, but I, I, I think, you know, looking at it, I think there's a lot of good things about it, but there's so many... When I was watching, I was like, you know, oh, boy, that effect, and oh, Richard Breer is... Ugh. And I'm like, oh, no. Julia's like, what the... Yeah, watching this, but... No, it was so ridiculous that it was. Yeah. No, like did any of your daughters glance at this for five minutes and then run away? No, no, no. She was done. Hungry, hungry. It reminded me of that episode with David Tennant and Rose Tyler, with the the coronation episode. Oh, one with the wire. The one with Feed the wire. Me. Feed me. Okay, well, Paradise Towers, definitely an interesting one for sure. It's when you look at the whole season, it stands out as one of the <laughs> better ones. Uh, and it's interesting just for really the hair and the clothes. Delta and the Bannerman. 
At least Delta and the Batman kind of makes Ronnie? more no, sense. I hate Delta and the Batman. I don't hate Time Paradise Towers. I think Paradise Towers is one of those episodes Delta, that my uh, eyes. Time and Ronnie is the worst one in the whole season. But but uh, I hate Delta and Batman. I, I want to punch Delta and Batman in the face. I, I, I Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I hate that I episode. There's, it's just... I don't know. Well, we have to talk about it some other time. So Paradise Tower is... Yeah, watch it for the big hair. Yeah. And the groovy synth very, music. Very dated. Uh, very. Unlike most Doctor episodes that are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for listening.